Welcome to No Code Explorers, the podcast where we relentlessly search for the answer to one singular question. How far can we get without coding? It's been about two and a half years since I first became obsessed with no coding, and I understood that we could develop startup products without any code or with a little code only. Since then, technology evolved so much that now I really want to understand and find out the extreme cases. People who are building very robust products without any code or with very little coding. Want to join me in this exploration? And today we have Marisa Salomon. Marisa is the founder of Travel Trunk, and one of the most resilient, resourceful, and unstoppable founders I've ever met. Her story starts in 2014. She fails many times to hire developers or agencies to build her product, until finally in 2017, she finds out about Bubble and learns how to build her product herself. There are so many stories in this podcast that I don't want to spoil it, but get ready and enjoy it. Marisa, welcome to No Code Explorers. Very happy to have you here. Yes, thank you for having me, Daniel. I'm really excited. Can't wait to, um, you know, to see what you guys want to know. And I'm open to sharing all that I know. Beautiful, beautiful. I've been playing around with your app earlier today. And I have to say, it's the best UX I've seen for uh, a bubble app so far. It's a uh, small MVP, right? But it's, yeah. I, I, think, I think you did the best uh, thing for MVPs, like do less, but uh, better. No, I, I can't take all of the credit. Um, I definitely have a great UI, UX developer and product design person for that. So we want to make sure we focus on user experience and the quality of our app. So um, thanks for you know noticing and sharing your appreciation. Wonderful. Tell us, so how did it, this all started? Well, Travel Chunk started for me around after I graduated college. So during my senior year, I wanted to celebrate graduation with a few friends. And, you know, I told them about it. I invited them and everyone was excited and super down to go. So I did all of the planning and with the verbal agreement of everyone paying me back, I charged my card, but unfortunately mm. people didn't pay me back and um, only one person went. So I lost thousands of dollars and it just pained me so much. And it, re it was a real problem for me that I wanted to go out and explore. And it's um, been an interesting and I wouldn't change the journey for anything in the world. Yeah. Changed my life. I feel the, I feel the pain you felt and I, and, and I'm glad you're doing this. It's, it's a real, real problem, right? It's a real problem. And not only that, it's a really hard problem to solve because you can't make people pay. You can't make them want to go on the trip. So you have to really find a way where it's encouraging and inspiring and not because there's a gap between, uh, you know, the time that you tell everyone about the trip to the time you guys have to book things. There's a long gap sometimes and life just happens within that gap. So our platform, what we're focusing on is that gap period. How do we keep people engaged and motivated and inspired for the trip? Because that's the hardest part. So from the moment they decide they want to go to the moment they have to book accommodation, we have to make sure that space is, you know, 
something worthwhile. And I think that's the trick. And uh, you built it with Bubble, right? Yes, all with Bubble. Um, was it your first choice? Did you, how did you find about Bubble? What's the story there? Yeah, no, definitely not my first choice. I think Bubble was maybe my 11th choice. <laughs> uh, I went through so many developers um, and didn't receive much of a product at all. Nothing that I could use. Before we were able to launch an MVP, you know, I had to um, come up out of my pocket with more money for more things and, you know, to continue the project that just kept costing me a lot of money. So I never really got a chance to launch an MVP um, until Bubble. And since then, we've been going really well, super easy to iterate, get feedback, um, iterate again. And it's just been the best experience and little things that I would want to change. I used to have to reach out to the developer and say, Hey, can you just move the text maybe 10 pixels to the left <laughs> and wait probably like a week for that to happen. And, um, but with a bubble, I just do, I have way more control and it's a, it's just a lighter experience as a developer for me. So just to, to clarify, when you say the developers that you were working on before, this is with code, right? Traditional yes. software development mm -hmm. with code. Was it like agencies or freelancers or uh, what, what was the deal there? It was, um, well, at the time I couldn't afford agencies. Um, it was a lot more expensive for agencies. Um, more so freelancers and overseas. Mm -hmm. Well, the first time I pursued Travel Trunk, I went to this agency. This was my very first realization, like, oh, this is going to be harder than I thought. Mm -hmm. um, they charged me or they gave me a quote of $95,000 to build my mm -hmm. first MVP. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was so determined. I actually went to my parents and asked them for $95,000. But they said no. So um, I had to find another way. So I started going through the freelance developer route, went through, like I said, so many of them until I found Bubble. That's wonderful. And when was it, the, the, the time where, where you got the quote for 95,000? Well, this was around 2014. 2014. So, so it's a long journey. Oh, yes. Very long journey. Like I said, I went through so many developers to get to this point. And thankfully I didn't give up because I mean, Bubble is literally the answer to my development problem. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had the idea and Bubble came and solved the developer portion of that. How did you find out about no code Bubble? And uh, was it, uh, the, you, did you first find out about no code in general or was it like, oh, there's this two bubble, you should check it out? Yeah, so um, I it was bubble mainly. Um, but this was before the whole no-code movement. It was mainly just bubble. Um, and I heard about bubble uh, maybe three times before I actually gave them a, a shot. I thought they were, because I tried Wix and Weebly and all of that back in the day. So I thought it was just like that, you know, they weren't going to be able to help with, um, you know, the more complex parts of my app. So I didn't give them a try right away. It wasn't until I was working in a class project with a few of my um, colleagues. This one guy was, we were talking about a feature that we wanted to build in a pretend app. And we were working in a group and we were all, you know, throwing out ideas. And he was just on his laptop. Um, and then the, the instructor gave us about 10 minutes to come up with this feature. 
and he was just on his laptop listening to us while we were, you know, bouncing around ideas. And then he turned his laptop around to us and showed us what he built within minutes. And it was flawless. What he built was so flawless. I asked him, I was like, how did you do this? What did you use to build this? You literally sat here for three minutes and just <laughs> did everything we talked about. And he told me about Bubble. And from that very day, I was locked in. I was in my room for three months. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't eat, sleep, or any. I just learned Bubble and built out my first MVP, which I actually was able to test. So that's how I was introduced to Bubble. Amazing. And when was this uh, moment when you, when you locked yourself in a room this was i would have to say um 2018 2019 mm -hmm. so so you you were you were very persistent because if you were trying it from 2014 up to 2019 and then okay let's give it another, another shot it's it's yes it's important to uh, you that that this company exists right very much so the idea came to me in 2013 And from that moment, I was just in, you know, I've never really been an entrepreneur before and I didn't care so much to be an entrepreneur or it was more so about solving this problem. And then I realized, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. This is what I'm yeah. doing. So it was more so the problem for me. Um, but yeah, all of that was a long journey and it literally changed my life. And then uh, in three months, you were able to learn Bubble and build an MVP. When you compare the, the version you have today to what you built initially, was it very much different? Was it very similar? What, what's the difference now? Yeah, so it was very much different. It was more of a, it was just desktop. And then our beta users were just asking it to be on an app, 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 app. So um, we transitioned into a mobile app that literally changed things for us because it was easier for it was easier for friends to invite people on an app as opposed to a website you know their phone is easily accessed um the desktop and i wasn't too good at responsive at the time mm -hmm. so um having the website or the desktop version on your phone wasn't really useful so we just went the whole mobile app direction got it Got it. And, and uh, to be honest, I'm very happy to have found your app because I, when, I, when I play around with Bubble, I see uh, the hardest part is responsiveness, right? M making sure it works both on desktop and mobile. And yes. the fact that you chose, you picked one and now you have a beautiful website where you can download the app and a beautiful app that, but you don't need to deal with like responsiveness. It's just, of course, there's responsiveness for mobile, but that bubble would take care of 95% of it if, if it is just mobile, right? Absolutely. And it's a lot easier to adjust a little bit as opposed to adjust from super wide So it was, it was a lot easier and more efficient for us to do that. How about the business? Where are you now? What, what are the challenges? How, how, how are people receiving it? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we literally um, have just been growing through word of mouth. So mm -hmm. let's say you start a trip and invite all of your friends onto this platform. And mostly when the trip is... So yeah, they're invited to the app 
and they experience how it works and how it's worked for them and everybody else in the group. And from that moment, you know, every time they have a new trip, they'll remember the experience with Travel Trunk and then reach out to us for their new trip. So it's been growing slowly through word of mouth and friends and family recommending us. But we definitely see that, well, due to COVID, we kind of had to pivot a little bit. We were, um, we were impacted mainly because, I mean, we were still small. This was like our actual, our first year where we started growing um, um, more than we were before and COVID happened. So we realized that we had to pivot and understand, okay, how can we serve the market today in today's world? And we realized that people still want to travel. Um, However, due to destinations and restrictions, um, that's kind of impossible. So we decided to focus on, you know, just having a platform where you're saving so that Mm -hmm. when the industry opens back up, you'll have the funds there and ready to go wherever it is that you want to go. So we pivoted in understanding that there's a demand for that. People actually have been just saving and not really going anywhere or planning to go anywhere yet. Um, So their funds are just growing and we're building out for that platform. That's smart. How do you feel about pivoting in terms of what no code brings to you? Because you mentioned it's easier to iterate, but how how hard it is to make like um, a pivot, which is a bigger uh, change than than a a small uh, iteration, right? Yes. Well, it wasn't so bad for us because we're not changing that much. We're just changing the part where you have to have a trip in order to put money into your travel truck account. The only, that's the only difference. We're still allowing people to, you know, still put money into their travel trunk, um, just lifting the restriction of having to have a trip already, you know, created for that purpose. Um, but we also see that people don't want to plan. They would pay us whatever it is that we ask for to plan because it is a daunting task sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, especially when you have to manage other people and now you have to deal with travel suppliers. It's a lot of work. So we're understanding that pain point as well and solving for that. Yeah, and that that feels immediately feels like uh, a bigger pain point and probably a a bigger market and opportunity as well. I don't know if if my reaction uh, resonates. Absolutely. No, we are. Our goal is to sort of flip the script on the industry where, you know, travelers aren't the ones searching for accommodations. Travel mm-hmm. suppliers are searching for people who have money. We're, we're merging the two, fintech and yeah. travel. And of course, for that, you need to build the, the demand and, and then the suppliers will will. will one to be there. So you're able to iterate fast because you're using no code. What's the team right now? You mentioned you have someone doing uh, product design and and other stuff. And who else is working with you at the moment? Yes. So I have um, two other people that are working with me. We're a small team of three. One is our chief design officer. He works on all of our branding, marketing, and front-end UI UX. He does front-end um, development as well, too. And then we have our full-stack bubble Jedi. That's what we call him. <laughs> 
And how much of, uh, because initially you, you did it, right? You, you created the product in Bubble. Was it 100% yourself? Did you have the, the Jedi already? What, what's the story for, for the first version? No, the very first version, it was mainly myself. However, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gabby. Um, Gabby Roman with She Helped Me. I watched a lot of her, of her YouTube videos. And then at the time she had sessions, like hour sessions where you could schedule a session and she'll work on problems with you for that. So we, I worked a lot with Gabby. Um, she helped me learn as well, the platform, and then um, we kind of worked together. Beautiful, beautiful. And yeah. when did you decide you needed uh, a team? Last year mm-hmm. when we started growing. Well, not last year, but um, I actually was a part of a program that Bubble had, we had a demo day pitch. So we had to build our product and do a demo day. And during that demo day, it was about 150 attendees in the audience. And one of them was my um, chief design officer. He was in the the audience and he was also a travel agent who experienced the same pain with, you know, planning his, you know, travelers group trips. So he linked it. He sent me a message on LinkedIn and asked me to help, you know, solve this problem because he also experienced it and he wants to solve it with me. So we worked, we started working together in 2020 and um, we just brought on a full stack developer in last month. Oh, beautiful. And uh, you won the best pitch for that demo day, right? Yes, I did. What were the things that impressed people the most w- with your pitch and your, and your product at that moment? Well, the idea, I did also win fan favorite. So they did a poll within the audience, uh, you know, so the fan favorite, I think they really loved the idea as well as, you know, it being mobile. I was the only mobile platform pitch. So they really liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. If I'm getting the timeline right, you you spent about a year or so just yourself iterating on the product. Not Sorry. just a year, about three years. Wow. So I'm, yeah. I got it completely wrong. About three years, no. just yourself. Yeah. Yes. And do you think you would have been able to do it uh, just yourself if it wasn't for, for no code and bubble? Absolutely. And I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been able to start with just myself. I would like to, to point this out because traditionally uh, you, you've been like initially a non-technical founder, you'd have basically two options. One would be to raise money, be it from uh, friends and family, be pre-seeds and, and, or venture capital, or yes. you need to go on a longer journey of learning how to code and do it yourself. Right. You're able to avoid this, uh, this trade-off, like wh- what should I do? And then spend three years without the, the cost of a team, iterating, learning, making it better uh, until you're ready for, for growing, for expanding. Um, probably, uh, and it's not always the case, but many times, uh, even if you raise funds, you don't have three years of runway to, and you probably to wait for when you start growing, then you, you have a team. This, this for me is a, a game changer. It allow, allows startups like yours that really solve a need and have resourceful founder and very uh, determined founder 
to survive instead of dying, right? Absolutely. No, you're so right. And I just to give you a background on the timeline, it's, this idea came to me in 2013. And I, you know, was working with developers until 2018, I would say. And then I found Bubble in 2018. But before then, I actually did raise um, a friends and family round. And then I moved the Bay Area to Silicon Valley because, you know, I felt that's where I needed to be. It was the tech capital of the world. So I took that money, moved to the Bay, and then I realized I couldn't communicate with these developers. I had zero technical background and I would take meetings, but then realized I'm not explaining what I need to, or I'm not, you know, speaking their language because it really is another language when they're talking about, you know, CSS, JavaScript, and, you know, all of these different languages and telling me this is what they want to do, this is how they're going to do it. And I'm just like, how do I lead when I don't really yeah. know? And you don't know if they're, they're, they're full of shit or not, if they're, they're uh, like yeah. inventing stuff to make you agree with them or not, right? <laughs> Exactly. And then how do I know if their code is clean or, you know, what they're doing? So, yeah, I did do that and it didn't work out for me. So when I found Bubble in 2018, I was able to work on it, um, test it for a year, and then it started to grow on its own. And as I scaled, I realized, oh, I need I need help. But I couldn't, I also didn't have the money to, you know, the friends and family that I raised, I couldn't go back to them. So I didn't have the money to hire people. Um, so I just kept, you know, keeping up with my, keep trying to keep up with it by myself. But thankfully, you know, by 2020, I was able to, you know, get a team started. That's wonderful. But I, I, I love that uh, the more I dig, the more I find out that you have stories to tell. And I would love to to double click on you moving to uh, to the Bay Area. Walk me through that decision and that moment where you go there. Yeah, so this was a normal night for me. I couldn't sleep thinking about Travel Drunk and, you know, just realizing that I have no more options left. Like I said, this is probably my seventh um, you know, developer that I just failed with. I did remember that I had, you know, about Silicon Valley, reading about them and knowing that they were the capital, the tech capital of the world. So I remembered also that I had a plane ticket, a credit for a plane ticket, I American Airline. So this was about three o'clock in the morning. I picked up the, my phone and booked my flight It only cost me a dollar extra, which was great because I didn't have any money. But then I was finally able to go to sleep. You know, I was like, okay, it's going to work. It's going to work. We're going to Silicon Valley. And I moved out there and quickly realized it's expensive. Like, how am I going to live out here? I was, I found a place to stay for a few months, a college friend. His parents let me stay with them for a few months. But then I realized I have to get a job. So I started waitressing and then I um, was able to afford apartment and then, you know, took off from there. It was a slow start, but as I said, it was hard for me to communicate with developers out there, especially, you know, in Silicon Valley, everybody is somebody and, you know, who am I? Like, oh, I'm, you know, small girl from the East Coast looking to find a developer. So it was a tough, a tough experience, but I moved back in 2018 and, ran into bubble in that class 
you mentioned a lot looking for developers and learning how to talk to them and, and realizing it was hard. But I, I imagine there's another story of you talking to potential investors. If you were there, you were probably uh, trying to pitch investors as well. Am I right? Um, I did. I did pitch to investors to try to raise money. At the time, I didn't have a product. I didn't have an MVP or anything to show. It was just an idea. So getting an investor to back me, especially when they didn't know me, we didn't have any history and I had no track record. This was my first project. It was hard to raise me. I didn't raise any money at that point. Um, the no's were fuel for me because I was like, oh, no, this is going this is going to work and I'm going to show you that it's going to work. So if I needed any more motivation, the no's were my more motivation. How much uh, uh, of the feedback you are getting was related at, like you don't have a technical co-founder, you don't have a technical team, a CTO or whatever? Or, or was it more around you not having a product? It was more. It was more um, the former, um, a little bit of the latter, but definitely the former. Um, do you have a team? Because they do want to see that other people believe in you before they invest. And if people are willing to, you know, sacrifice their salary to work on this project with you, then that that's a sign for them. However, there were other factors that I, I do agree with. You know. I didn't have a track record. There was no, you know, demand for my product. I didn't have anything to show. And it was also a learning experience for me as well. My friends and family, they knew me, they trusted me and, you know, they loved the idea. They believed in the idea and they also knew how determined I was. This wasn't my first thing that I was like so determined this is going to work. So they also understood me. And for someone who didn't know me, for me to go and ask them, you know, for, $50,000, it was just like, okay, well, we have nothing to go off of. So it's a little But bit I, of all I'm that. Always, since here we are exploring like the edge of no code, where, how far can we get with no code? I'm always thinking with this perspective at the moment, probably no code wasn't even as strong as today, even though Bubble was already there and, and probably already had most of the things that they have right now. If you went to to San Francisco Bay Area and started pitching uh, people with the idea of I don't need a CTO or, or a developer at least for the beginning, I don't think they're ready to 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 embrace the idea that you can live like forever or for as long as possible with Bubble. They they would think okay if we if we have to throw this out eventually it's okay because it's so uh, inexpensive and then you can do it yourself and with a small team etc the the story uh, would probably be different right honestly it's real life right now it is absolutely different so i actually am in the process of pitching i've been pitching all month and investors in silicon valley have invested in me so so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes Yes, and I'm actually walking with the new confidence now because of it. My first experience with Silicon Valley was very timid and, you know, still learning. But now I know and I can prove and there is actual numbers and traction. It's totally different all around. I think that's a good point you, you brought on, which is traction, right? Before, yeah. when, you, when you couldn't iterate on your product, you couldn't generate traction because of course you could do like manual things and like concierge stuff with wix with which i from from the 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 
literally you told i imagine you did like whatever you yeah. could uh, uh, things that don't scale right absolutely a lot of manual work but it, you couldn't generate traction because you couldn't learn from your users you, the the example you brought on which is oh they started telling me they needed a mobile version mm -hmm. you you didn't have this information because you couldn't build your product and then you start okay the mobile version and then you pivot to a little bit here and there and improve and improve and then you get traction i would say uh, instead of uh, saying let me ask you what do you think investors look for the most traction or uh, proof that you can execute a product? Um, well, since I have traction, they, they know that I can produce. They know that I can actually deliver. And so, so much of the traction spoke for the production. Okay, she can get this done because here's her proven track record. She has people on the site. She started off with a desktop version and now it's a mobile version. So she's proven that she can get it done. And actually when I do explain to them what Bubble is, um, they kind of don't understand. They understand it's a no code platform, but they don't understand the power that Bubble you know, has. And it, um, it's very powerful. So it's the po most powerful platform that I've um, experience with the whole no code. Yeah. So um, you, once they the real see that, programming, right? You can you can you can develop software for real. It's not it's not just for prototypes and MVPs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think people d didn't people like you are starting to show people how far can can we get, right? And I'm really excited to see how far um, we can get. I definitely believe we've just scratched the surface. I'm speaking like I work for Bubble, but I, I believe that Bubble can has just scratched the surface of what can actually be done with no code. Yeah, and and of course uh, there's Bubble. There's other tools that are that are emerging as well. So there's competition. So someone will invent something and then the other will adapt and and We'll probably land on even more uh, robustness and power in the next next few years, right? Um, we're definitely on um, this journey with Bubble. Um, definitely in it for the long run. Hopefully, you know it exceeds all of our expectations and you know really delivers. Were there any feature or whatever that that you felt oh to do this right, I would have to have code. Or was it like, oh no, Bubble can do it? Everything that I wanted to have, all the features that I desired, um, def Bubble definitely was the platform for us to do it. Um, I thought that I would need code, but turns out I didn't. It took, it took a lot of research. Sometimes some features take a lot of research, more research than um, others to see if it's possible, but it's always, it always turns out to be possible. Yeah, you haven't... Um like ran into a wall or something? Not yet. <laughs> the more I dig, the more I become uh, confident that, I don't know, at least for the first few years of a startup, you can uh, create as much as you would with no code than, than with coding. And I'm a developer myself, so I, I know the, the overhead of having code. And of course, when you said when you told me before that that a developer would you want to change a little thing like ten pixel to the left, and it, you have to wait a week. It's not because it's hard to do it. It's probably because your developers 
were working for many clients uh, at once and they and they had to put you on, on on a line or something like that yes but even this part which is like moving things 10 pixels to the left takes longer with code than with no code wow i didn't know that yeah uh, 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 maybe i can i can share uh, why i think that that is if i'm if i'm doing it with code i have to for example find the place I wanted, which was already on screen on Bubble, find mm. it, uh, go to the code, and I, I can either know where it is in the code, or I can search for it and change the 10 pixels. Then I have to save the file, then I have to go back to the browser, and then I have to either reload it or, or I have something that's auto-reloading, and then I have to see it. Oh, okay, 10 pixels was good. And then but but many times, oh, no, no, and it needs to be fixed 15 instead of 10. And that is, was my experience exactly. I would just be like, I actually don't like it. So now I have to wait another week for it to go back or for it to move another five pixels. So, yes, that... I've been um, developing things with no code and with code. Because I've been coding for, for so long, there are some things that uh, irritate me when, I, when I'm very used to the other way of doing things. But the more I get uh, comfortable with no code, I've the more I think it's my learning curve and not, not the friction with the technology itself. But of course, there is friction, especially, for example, uh, with Bubble, with the UI part, like creating UI and uh, making things responsible. That part in Bubble specifically takes longer than with code, for sure. Yes, and I can imagine myself sometimes, you know, I run into a wall or, you know, face an obstacle where I just can't figure out why this isn't working. And I'm sure if I was a developer or, you know, actually knew how to code, I'd probably just go in and fix it really quick just to bypass, you know, having to face that obstacle. But I can understand you completely. It is frustrating sometimes. But when you figure it out, it's just like, yes. But it, but as a developer, when you're doing it with code, you think sometimes you think it's gonna be easy, and you, then it, you go down a, a rabbit hole and you spend hours to try to fix something that's simple. So that happens in bubble and in code. So absolutely, My, that happened to me so many times, and it always when I realized I'm in this rabbit hole, what I would do is close my laptop, no matter how long it takes, I just close, walk away from the problem. And then the answer always comes to me. And then I come back, I open my laptop and I fix it. So it's just walking away from the problem, clearing your mind, thinking about other things. Sometimes it would take me two weeks before I opened my laptop again and realized, oh, there it is. And then yeah, but walking away always helps. Have you played around with any other no-code tools? Have I? No. No. And and I imagine that's because you're there's only one product you want to build, right? Which which is Travel Trunk. So you're already doing it with Bubble. Why look around, right? I you. Um, I did hear stories about founders, you know, building on building their businesses on bubble and then loving bubble so much and the whole no code movement that they you know just you know kind of forgot about their project and just started building on bubble just for other people and they just love the product so much that they kind of just you know made that their business what do you want to take travel trunk in terms of reach in terms of business results where 
where do you see your your company going? Well, I definitely see Travel Drunk um, being a global company where we reach out to or we, you know, we branch out to other countries and uh, people from other, um, yeah, other countries, travelers from other countries, um, broadening the platform. And I, I, from what I heard so far, I'm, I'm certain you will. Yeah, and, it, and, and it's a big industry where uh, it's ripe for innovation, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's been, it's been kind of like the same thing for so long. I feel like the travel industry is one of the last industries to get, except for, you know, Airbnb. But yeah, other than that, not much has changed in, you know, the flight in um, the flight segment, or, you know, we also um, service destination weddings. So a lot of brides and people come to us to get their guests to start like, paying towards um, the destination wedding. So, so many segments of the travel industry to cover in this platform, with this platform, and our goal is to do that. One last question. Imagine a non-technical founder, I don't know, reach out to you to, to they, they have an idea, they want to know what would be the first step you'd recommend that they take? Non-technical founder wants to build out their own product. Yeah, they have a startup idea, and that, uh, maybe maybe it's still the idea is, uh, is rough, but there's something there, and they ask you, okay, uh, I saw that you you're doing this amazing uh, startup. Can you can you guide me? Well, first thing I would ask them is how dedicated and how much time do you want to put into this? Because yeah, I make it seeing or when you look at the platform and you know that I built it without a technical background, it sounds easy and it sounds like anybody can do it, but anybody can do it if you put in the time and effort. It's not just going to come to you. Like I said, I locked myself in three, in my room for three months, determined to learn bubble and build out my product. So that would be the first thing I asked them, how much time and dedication are you willing to put into this? And then from there, I would definitely suggest and help them on board with bubble, be the Gabby to them. Uh, you know, if they had any questions or if they were stuck, I would definitely help them through and send them all the resource like YouTube videos and stuff that helped me. But That would be my first thing is ask them, how much time and dedication are you willing to give this? And then from there, I know they'll be successful. That's wonderful advice because whatever you want to do, if you want to create a startup, it's going to require your, your effort and dedication. So much sacrifice, yes. All right. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I think your a great, great example of resourcefulness and entrepreneurship. And also your story is a great example in so many points on the how no code and bubble specifically can be a game changer because, oh, I, I have another question. Uh, so the, the friends and family you, you uh, raised then, are they still on your uh, cap ta table? So if you eventually have an exit, will they, they profit from it? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so you, that's another angle where we can see the difference it makes because if it weren't for no code, they would have like uh, lost the investment already 
and be moving forward and you're still alive and yes. you're growing and you're raising another round and then you're you're moving forward uh, of course a lot of it is you the founder but a lot of it is the technology you chose so i'm very grateful we've met and you accepted the the invitation because your story is amazing Oh, thank you. Well, your questions were amazing. I really had fun with answering all your questions. And also, it helped bring me back to, you know, when I first started. So it was very nostalgic to go back down there. Amazing. Thank you so much. Folks, bye-bye. It was a great show. I hope you got excited to build your own thing with no code after this conversation. And if you want more, please follow me on LinkedIn and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service. I'm Daniel Weinman, and this was No Code Explorers.